it was an impact, an enormous impact on the market. And I can, that is, I can really can remember that as, as, as the day, as the day yesterday. Um, there were so many interests and there were so many people and there was even people signing contracts directly. They they didn't know the brand, they didn't know huh. anything about the boats and the product, but they saw the boat and they were immediately in love with it. It was it was large, it was large volume, really properly made, nicely engineered, yeah. and it was something completely different than what was on the market in those years. Welcome to the Your Skipper podcast, bringing you stories from captains and industry professionals working with super yachts, charter boats, and private yachts around the world. Whether your love is sail or power, everyone's welcome here. And now your host, a super yacht captain for over 20 years who has been sailing since he was eight, Cameron Springthorpe. Today I'm joined by Ron Bogard. Ron is a yacht broker that I've known since 2010. We met whilst I was running a 41-metre tri-deck motor yacht built by Premier, one of the Horizon Yards. Ron is the owner and manager of Horizon Yacht Europe, which he runs with his wife Ruth. They're the representatives for the Horizon brand throughout Europe and have two offices here in Mallorca. We recorded this interview in the pilot house of one of their yachts, a new 110-foot raised pilot house model, which I'm looking after for them until the right buyer comes along. Horizon have sold literally hundreds of yachts in this part of the world, so it's fascinating speaking to Ron, who's been at the forefront, not just of the sales process, but even to the extent of coming up with concepts and sketching designs for some of the yachts. I've delivered various Horizon yachts throughout the Med, so I've got to know the brand and Ron quite well. So without further ado, here is the interview. I've been looking forward to this because obviously I know you as Ron and so much of what I know you as is Mr. Horizon. Everything we've talked about since I've since I've met you and known you really has been around Horizon and the brand that you are now. And it's it's interesting to go back to the start a little bit. How did you first get involved in boating? <laughs> I'll tell you in a minute. Actually, quite nice that you call me Mr. Horizon. That's good. That's all, <laughs> some promotion work, but it did work yes. in the last few years. <laughs> Uh, yeah, how did I came in the, in the industry? Um, yeah, born as a <laughs> born in Holland, so Dutch Dutchman. Uh, as a little kid, uh, I was uh, I was in the in the in the nice constellation that uh, my parents were boaters, right. and uh, I was uh, yeah, really enjoying the boating life as well. And uh, I think I was six or seven years old. I had my little own boat in the Davids on the on the on the mothership. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. So that was actually already something that was uh, that was starting uh, in, in the blood. Uh, there's there's water in the blood. Yeah. So yeah. Um, my career actually started then after my after my naval time, after my military service. Um, what did you do in the navy? In the navy, I was at the uh, submarine services, uh, but it was a as because it was a function from. Um, uh, as a duty, so the military service, I was not able to go at sea with the uh, submarine service, and we did the um, the communication between the submarines and the shore. Actually, oh, quite a very interesting job. So that was an 18 months of uh, military service. What I actually liked a lot during this months, 18 months of uh, working for the navy, I wasn't really thinking about what will be the next move in my life. And as a young a young man. Uh, actually, it's stupid, of course, not to think about the future, what you want to do. But uh, certainly I was realizing, hey, I 
there is something what you need to do after the military service. Yeah. Then I was in the fortune position that we uh, we were able to get um, to make a commitment with the navy um, to be, uh, let's say, semi-professional, and I was able to put an extra six months as a profession. Uh, in the military service, so I signed this piece of paper, and it was six uh, six months. I was uh, really a professional <laughs> soldier. Yeah. Um, in these six months, I thought to myself, now we need to find somewhere the way what to do and what uh, what is the what is the way forward for the future. So I was thinking to uh, to be already a yacht broker. It, so it was, it was oh, wow. I was young right, and right, yeah. um, but without any experience. So if that was the, really the right move. Uh, sure. I didn't know, but I was I was putting already letter uh, letterheads together and ideas of how to put uh, how to put brokerage boats in a, in a piece of paper and how to announce that. And, um, my father said in those uh, in those days he said, uh, "Is it not maybe better that you start somewhere first to work for a company that already does something like this?" Instead of uh, yeah. jumping in the in the, in the in the cold water and uh, and have no experience. And actually, it was a good idea, of course, because I had not a plan how to start and how to be able to set up something properly. And yeah. so I had a look around in Holland, and there was uh, there was a couple of companies, uh, importers of motor yachts, and the ones that I really liked, I thought to myself, hey, you know what? I sent uh, I sent these people a letter, an open CV, and one of these letters went to uh, the Princess importer for Princess Motor Yachts, uh, Holland, part of Germany. Belgium, Luxembourg, actually quite an interesting company. And I liked the product, uh, so I sent this letter and fortunate uh, I was able to uh, to start working uh, for them uh, after my Navy experience. So yeah. that was then the start really of the career in uh, in, in the boating. So what sort of <coughs> age were you, were you then? Sort of thing, 1920, 20 I think it was, uh, yeah, 1920 right. because I was at 18, I was at the military service. Uh, yeah, so twenty years old I was. Um, so I was in the in yeah. the in the boating industry, and I was working then in this company uh, with these nice boats imported from England. I was I was actually quite experienced in what was on the market because I I loved I loved to make drawings of boats and and designs of boats. I had a big book of of sketches of uh, boat designs, okay. and uh, actually quite interesting. That yeah, I have no idea how that came because I don't have any education for that i wasn't at a school for naval architecture or something like that but i liked it a lot and uh, there was a couple of nice designs in the book as well Do you still have it <laughs> no the book is now actually the book is gone right. um, also a very nice interesting story because a few years later as i was uh, already together with my uh, with my today's wife so yeah. my girlfriend in those years we uh, we wanted to set up a little, or actually we wanted to take over a small shipyard in Holland. The um, the motor yachts that my parents always had, uh, they were okay. steel, typical steel Dutch built motor yachts. It was a very nice little shipyard in the north of Holland, in Friesland. It was a very nice man who was running the business, and he had no nobody for the future to follow up. And he was, it was a pity for him uh, because he, uh, he he liked, of course, his, um, his his shipyard, his little shipyard and his little uh, steel uh, motor uh, motor cruisers, yeah. uh, canal cruisers, uh, river cruisers. And uh, we were quite interested, actually, to uh, to join him and to uh, maybe to, with the idea to take over the shipyard in the future. 
So on, the, on a certain day, I had this book with me, and uh, and it was on the table in this little shipyard, and, uh, and this man was looking in this book, and uh, I think it, it, I left it there, and it, it disappeared. Okay. <laughs> so, so all my designs from all those years was they were gone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe somebody used them and made, yes. made a couple of nice boats. You haven't seen it. some boats around that you think I recognise. Yeah, the lines I, I recognise the line. Yeah. <laughs> and. So, so back in in those days, a fifty foot boat would have been a, a big boat. What sort of the, uh, size of boats we sell? Yeah, the range the range actually was um, uh, starting from uh, a twenty six footer was the was uh, was just in production, uh, right. two six six Riviera I think it was, and um, and the largest boat was uh, just launched a fifty five footer. Mm. Uh, that was the largest princess in those years. Very excited yeah. uh, moments for uh, for them for the shipyard as well because fifty five foot was was yeah. something really really large. So the average size what we did was forty foot forty five foot. Do you remember selling your first boat? Yeah, that yeah, that was also very interesting because my my uh, my open my open letter to the um, to this company to this uh, to this princess importer. This company was called Dolman Yachts in those years, and uh, Mr. Dolman, the boss, uh, I came in contact with him, of course, directly. Uh, I was uh, quite a. Uh, yeah, shall I say not a rude person, but I was uh, I was always doing things in advance, so mm-hmm. I was not waiting on the reply on these letters what I sent over. Sure. Uh, so I, I I called them and uh, I said uh, you must have uh, have my letter and uh, my open uh, my open uh, CV, and on this moment uh, I had a I actually came from uh, from Den Helder and I had a little apartment there rented and in the weekends I went back home. And on the Saturday morning, after the night shift, what I had to do in Den Helder, um, I called up uh, in the company there, in Princess Company, and uh, I called him up and I said, I've sent you a letter. And uh, the, man's, the man on the telephone said, Mr. Dolman himself, the owner of the company, said, yeah, I'm here and I, uh, I just have your letter in front of my nose. Okay. And I said to him, uh, then you don't have to read any further uh, because uh, I'm on my way and uh, to home and I will pass your office and... Uh, uh, if you want, we can have a coffee and I can explain myself what is in the letter. And uh, he liked the idea and he said, okay, come on, I see you in an hour's time and uh, have yeah. a coffee and have a chat. So uh, that was actually the, the, then myself introducing myself to uh, to, to be able to, uh, to do the work for him, um, although he didn't have any jobs available. And he said, we will find a solution and we will make... Uh, we will make a job for you. We will make a vacature for you. And uh, so I came then in the um, in the company as a support, sales support. He himself uh, he did sales. There was a sales uh, a salesman in the company as well. And I was then the person in between the sales team and the shipyard. So as a contract was made, I got the contract. I sent the contract over to the shipyard make sure that the, the boat gets built as the specification. It was done as how the client wanted to have it and how it was specified in the, in the, in the contract. And after a few months, after the finishing of the boat and arriving of the boat in Holland, um, check the boat if everything is how it was ordered and how it was uh, agreed. Yeah. So very, very interesting, uh, very interesting job, actually, because I learned a lot. So... Because of this, and because of the knowledge and the yeah the openness, and always wanted to know everything about the products and about yeah. boats and about the length and about speed and about engines and about materials and about clients as well, Mr. Dolman, the boss, he said, "Ron, you are also the good guy for uh, for us to help us out on the boat shows." So, 
There was the boat okay. shows in Düsseldorf, there was boat shows in Berlin, there was boat shows in Amsterdam. Um, so I was also uh, in those boat shows in those years. Not being a salesman, I was able to sign up a sales contract on the right. Düsseldorf boat show. And that was actually that was my first client and my first boat sale. And it was a Princess 286 Riviera. I still can remember that. Okay. And uh, to a German client. Very nice, very friendly. Um, small boat, but for in those years it was a very interesting boat because it was sure. a it was a sports type of boat. It was an open boat. There was no flybridge. It was the Riviera type from Princess. And I liked it a lot because I was a young guy and the sports boat, they, they, they were really nice yeah. and, uh, and fast. Um, so, yeah, probably because of my enthusiasm, I was able to, as well to sell this boat to this, to, to this client. That must have felt fantastic. Yeah, that was very, yeah, it was very nice. It was a very good feeling. Yeah. Uh, and especially, of course, if you do, you're not a salesman. Uh, yeah. uh, you're there and you help out the company. And because of the, yeah, the knowledge and the experience, uh, he was able to sell a boat. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, so that was the first, uh, my first boat sales. <laughs> the Drapman Company was, uh, was the main competitor with the Neptunus motor yachts for this for the Princess motor yachts, okay. so for actually for the ones that that that, that we did and what that I did. Yeah. In um, in Hamburg boat show, the the companies were having 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 the stands next to each other. So Princess was alongside next to the stand from the Japan company the Neptunus yachts. So. There was actually two good sales guys, and it was Mr. Drebman, the, s- the senior uh, in those years, and we had a very good salesman, uh, Feiko, Dutch sales guy, and they were actually they were actually fighting for every client because th- the funny thing was that every client who was on a boat show was looking at one boat and the other boat as well. So it was not only fixed on one brand; they were looking at all the brands. So they were looking yeah. at a Princess, but they were also looking at a Neptunus. Sure. In ninety-nine percent from this from this kind of negotiations. Mr. Drebman with Neptunus, they got the contract because they were more flexible. They were able to do customizations uh, on on this type of motor yachts already, 50 foot, 55 foot. Uh, and the uh, of course, probably as well being German, so they had a very, very good client base from Germany. Yeah. On a certain moment, I get in contact with a nice young lady on the stand next door. Our staff from the Princess Motor Yards, they, uh, they said, uh, hey, Ron, what are you doing? You're flirting with the daughter from Mr. Trapman. You have to be careful. <laughs> Everybody around me, so all the all the employees and also the employees from the other company, from from, uh, from the Trapman company, they all said, yeah, but if you want to go out with the daughter from Mr. Trapman, you have to ask the, the parents first. Yeah, that is quite uh, that's quite normal in Germany to do that. Right. For us as Dutch people, it was of course not so normal. But okay. I thought to myself, okay, now it's not a problem. I will do that. I I go to them and I ask them if if, yeah. if if I get allowance permission to get to get the daughter out uh, for the dinner. She was working in the company with her parents in uh, near Bremen. I was working for this princess company near Amsterdam. Um, so we had a call it a weekend relation and. Yeah. Uh, Every Friday evening after work, um, I drove with my car to Bremen, which was uh, in those uh, in those years it was about three hours drive, three and a half hours drive, and then Sunday night or Monday morning very early uh, come back again because we had to go to work. So we did it a few months, and uh, on a certain moment, uh, I was sitting together with the uh, with the parents and with my uh, still girlfriend in those years, yeah. um, sitting uh, around the table, and 
suddenly Mr. Drapman asked me, he said, Ron, if, uh, if you really are serious with our daughter, then uh, the job what you have, you can also do with uh, in our company. So uh, if, uh, if you're in the mood, then, uh, then you can come to us. My bags were already immediately packed almost. Yeah. There. So <laughs> after that weekend, I went uh, back to, uh, to Holland uh, early in the morning, on the Monday morning. Uh, I told my, uh, my, my boss in those years, Mr. D- Mr. Dorman, uh, that we should have a talk and a cup of coffee together. And then he said to me, Sir Ron, you don't, uh, you don't need to talk to me because I know already what, uh, what's going on. Uh, you want to go to Germany. And uh, I'm fine with that. And of course, I wish you all the luck in your life. And uh, that's uh, that's a good move. And uh, take care. So that was then a very nice, uh, very nice stop over there with uh, the Dorman and Princess. And then I started. Uh, a few days later, I was in Germany and was uh, doing almost a similar job or the same job in uh, in the company from uh, from my from my father-in-law yeah. eh? uh, or nowadays father-in-law. And that was actually also a very nice job because that was uh, a bit more into sales. There was a lot of uh, second-hand sales, what they did. A uh, large brokerage company. And um, in those years, it was extreme because we had, uh, every day there was a boat sale. So we had 360, 365 boats every year Gosh. that we sold. Wow. Uh, something a bit different than this, uh, this, this, this times. Yeah? Yeah. But okay, it was also different boats. It was second-hand stuff and brokerage stuff and small boats. It was uh, yeah. so a little boat, uh, eight meters on a trailer or, uh, so, or uh, small speed boats. But it was still everything. paperwork and yeah, was, accounts and yeah, still doing... Yeah. And very yeah. interesting, of course, to get the experience with all this, what you say, paperwork, uh, yeah. documentations, insurances, uh, papers of trailers for the, for the road permission, uh, outboards, uh, emission norms, uh, so, so everything. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 it, it was the whole lot that you came in contact with. And also with part exchanges. There was part exchanges involved, uh, people that uh, had already a little boat and uh, they needed to give the boat first in part exchange before they were able to get uh, to the next move. And this is all things what we did. Everything was on paper and everything was with real pictures, what we did with the camera, with the film in. Um, We had our folders, uh, plastic plastic folders that we had in a a file in an ordner. So keeping track of... of all the different people that are interested in different boats and in quite a there was, quite a filing system. Yeah, that was that was that was uh, that was a f- quite an interesting uh, situation because everything was of course on a piece of paper. Also, yeah. your 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 clients, the context, the, the context were in a little little plastic box. Yeah, so you had to be very very careful where you where you put this context and who is where and uh, and, and can be interested in what. So yeah. also your memory need to be very good as well. Yeah. But funny thing is, in those years the um, um, meeting up a client and having the client buying a boat was much shorter. This 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 period in between was right. much shorter than we have nowadays. Of course, also the boats are bigger now and the boats are larger and more money involved. But in those years, it was only probably only a couple of days that uh, between the first visit and already a second visit and signing a contract and uh, and and the client bought a boat. Right. And now nowadays it can take months or even years yeah. right? um, so that, that is all different it is, it is a different time right? yeah. um, because even on, on the smaller boats nowadays I don't think that it is so quick how it was in those years right? or it, yeah. it was even that people came in and they immediately bought a boat uh, without thinking uh, a second time right? they liked something, the money was there it was possible to, uh, to buy it so why not uh, why waste time and uh, let's have it immediately yeah right? 
Now we're getting on to the stage of when you started your relationship with Taiwan. Clientele that that company Jackman had, mainly Germans. Um, and these German people, they wanted to have their 16, 17 meter motor yard customized. Princess wasn't offering something like this. Fairline, not Sunseek, and not so. all the all the all the large brands that we uh, that we still from today, uh, yeah. they were not able to offer any modifications or any customizations. Neptunus Motors was able to do that. So this was their very strong sales uh, sales tool to be able to order a 15 meter motor yacht, uh, white wood, brown wood, teak wood, mahogany wood, what kind of engines would you like to have? So they were able to customize that. But the company did not want to continue with that idea. So Neptunus was not uh, was not willing to continue the idea because it is it is a, it is a big big task yeah, to make uh, smaller motor yachts custom custom built. Yeah. So there was um, one of the clients uh, who was uh, negotiating for a little bit larger boats. Uh, he had um, he had a president built in Taiwan. The negotiations went good, and the boat came in part exchange. And it was a very young boat. And my mother-in-law, she had a look at the boat before she took it in part exchange. On a certain day, she came to me and she said, oh, I was, I'm very impressed about this boat. It's, it's very nicely, uh, it looks very nice and it is neat and it is very well finished. And uh, can you have a look at it? And uh, where is it coming from? So I said to her, it's a Taiwanese boat and uh, I can have a look if you want. So I was also on this boat and checked it out and it was really, really nice, nice quality. So... Um, because of that boat, actually, my mother-in-law said, uh, you know what, shall we, um, shall we not uh, make the move and have a look in Taiwan and visit this shipyard there? Yeah. And I said to her, okay, if we, if we do that, then we can also uh, have a look at other shipyards as well, because in Taiwan there is plenty of shipyards uh, similar like, uh, yeah. like President. So this is actually how it then started and how we, uh, how we, can, uh, how we went to, um, into that direction to Asia and uh, came in Taiwan. We had a week uh, where we, and we visited at the final end we visited 19 shipyards one of the shipyards and actually for us the most impressive one already in those years was uh, was Horizon and that was back in 1993 92, 93 yeah so uh, uh, that was already for us one of uh, our favorite shipyards yeah Shortly after that, the second visit to Taiwan was uh, was planned and programmed, um, and with the with the, with the selection of shipyards only visiting. Again, of course, Horizon on the top, and there was two, three other shipyards on the list. During that trip, uh, my father-in-law actually ordered uh, ordered boats at Horizon because uh, he wanted to have stock boats. He wanted to uh, to continue and. Uh, and get into the market into a little bit larger boats because there was a client who wanted to have a, a larger a larger motor yacht uh, in, in, the, right. in the region of 24 meters. Neptunus was not able or didn't want to build it anymore. So Horizon got the order. And uh, before that 24 meter went in construction, uh, he bought two stock boats. There was a 52 and a 63. And uh, these boats came to, to Europe. Uh, almost a year later, on our way back from the second uh, from the second visit, uh, my mother-in-law said uh, in the plane, uh, "This is uh, this is nice, and we make a, we make a new brand out of it, and uh, we will uh, import these bolts into Europe under our own name, uh, because Horizon is not known. Nobody knows the name Horizon, so I would like to uh, I would like to call them elegant yachts." 
So this is actually how Elegant Yards was born in those years. Um, so built by Horizon, but uh, imported into Europe uh, by the company Drapman under the name Elegant Yards. In the same, on the same voyage back to Germany, um, I made the decision and said to uh, to my parents-in-law, you know what, I would like to go uh, to Mallorca, to Spain. Uh, there is many uh, many clients in Mallorca based with the boats that we uh, that was were sold before. I would give them some support and would give them some help uh, with uh, maintenance and uh, and see how we can uh, how we can get business uh, moved in um, in Mallorca. Because many of these clients wanted to move up as well in boat size. Yeah. So a few months later, uh, <laughs> we packed our things together and we left Germany and we came here to Mallorca. In '95, we were over in Mallorca already. Wow. So uh, the new boats, uh, the new boats arrived, and um, no, actually it was a year later already. So almost in the same year, uh, the new boats arrived, and we uh, we just set up here in Mallorca our own little company. Back in the guest room uh, from our little apartment. Yeah. <laughs> so my wife Ruth was there. I was there, and uh, we had uh, we had some people employed. And uh, early in the morning, uh, they came to our apartment in the in the back room. There was our yeah. office, and this is how we started yeah, okay. to to do business here in Mallorca. You must have seen quite a few changes in Mallorca in the last twenty-two, three years. Yeah, yeah. It was. So. Uh, there is a lot of a lot of things change. Yeah. Of course, it was. Uh, it was completely different times. For us as well, we were younger, so we were doing we were doing everything. We were cleaning boats, we were doing anti-fouling boats, and getting yeah. um, uh, getting batteries changed. Uh, so uh, the whole the whole lot. So the uh, the first uh, the first yachts arrived, and that really was a, a good success here on, yeah. uh, on the island and uh, with his clients. Um, so because we had well treated the clients that had their boats here. Um, we had some maintenance contracts, some guardianage contracts. Yeah. We were doing a good job. Uh, we were a good team. Most of the people were very happy and also very happy to continue boating and to move up in size. So that was actually already our our start to yeah. sail to the to the sales of this uh, of this elegant yachts already built by Horizon. You see that. When when you're here in Mallorca and you go to every marina now, and there's always elegances around yeah. um, of different vintages, but obviously all, almost all would be from that time from your last twenty years here. So yeah, there was, uh, there was. I think there was a total of uh, boats in the Balearics, probably around two hundred boats that was uh, that was sold in a, in a few years' time, and wow. uh, yeah. it was quite a lot. So and most of them in the Balearics. Of course, after the years now, uh, they 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 got sold and secondhand sold and, and uh, yeah. to Croatia, to South of France, and uh, everywhere else in the world. The best moment actually was uh, as the first real new type of elegance arrived because that was uh, there was a complete new build, new build and a, and a new design. What we put together with uh, with the Italian designer Tommaso Spadolini. It was very interesting because we met Tommaso Spadolini, I think, in 1995 on the shipyard. And uh, we came in contact with him and we talked about designs and we wanted to have an, an, a new model. Yeah. And uh, Spadolini was, was famous and he made he made nice uh, nice boats. So we sat down together and behind a piece of paper and, uh, and a pen in the hand and we made uh, we made drawings for the next for the next move. And the next uh, next new model what had to come was uh, 21 meters uh, 68 foot so uh, he drew a nice 68 footer as that yard actually was finished the first yard we had in 1997 I think it was on the boat show in Dusseldorf we had that first boat presented 
and it was actually new on the market for everybody. It was it was a, a new brand, Elegance Yachts. Uh, it was. Uh, it was a big, a large boat, 21 meters. It was yeah. really, really proper size in those years as well, and uh, it was an impact, an enormous impact on the market. And I can, that is, I can really can remember that as as, as the day, as the day yesterday. Um, there were so many interests, and there were so many people, and there was even people signing contracts directly. They they didn't know the brand, they didn't know huh. anything about the boats and the product, but they saw the boat and they were immediately in love with it. It was it was large, it was large volume, really properly made, nicely engineered, yeah. and it was something completely different than what was on the market in those years. Mm. So we had a real real big success with that and that was our let's say yeah real entry into the into the luxury yacht market yeah uh, many 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 years later um the big names on the market nowadays uh, they followed eh? yeah um with something similar they were in those years not able to make that product like that uh, not from the cost not from the size not from the volume they were not able to do that so uh, we had a couple of years uh advantage uh, of that yeah. to, to be on the market and to uh, to promote uh, this kind of boats i'm just thinking about the horizon yard because we met in 2010 when i was on uh, bikini queen 2 and she was one of the larger ones 41 meters 135 feet and yeah. uh, but fiberglass yeah. which is quite unusual for such a yeah, com- com- completely fiberglass, and in, in, uh, in those years as well already, it was uh, f- uh, infused uh, 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 one-shot infusion hull. Yes, um, the largest in those years. Eh? Yeah. Horizon was doing uh, was uh, doing already 2001 the first uh, infusion uh, vacuum infusion hulls, and this 135 was uh, was the largest in those years uh, produced in fiberglass and uh, uh, vacuum and infused yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the boat is just so solid and it didn't have the movement that you'd expect from a fiberglass boat you know which is quite different from shall we say some other brands <laughs> <laughs> particularly the Italian brands Horizon always uh, put a lot of uh, study and um, uh, and care into the um, into the construction of the boat into the into the lamination into the construction the bulkheads uh, because of course every boat is um, is actually customized is custom built sure. uh, every boat is almost a one off uh, every boat is separately calculated and yeah. to make sure that that is able to do on a on a model which is um, let's say a standard uh, model a standard size yeah. uh, and a standard look on the outside and a standard hull but that you are able to be flexible with the interior. You need to make a strong and solid boat uh, to be able to do that. Because even, yeah, the, the, the 135, that has now been around the world. Yeah. So that's... A rock-solid boat. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. It's in, and it's it is, uh, yeah, that was, uh, what you say, this, uh, this, um, uh, this 135, that was, uh, that was one of the uh, largest, uh, or actually the largest hulls that, that Horizon made. At the moment, there is uh, they're going up to 140 foot, but then is uh, then that's the maximum size because of yeah the, um, of the, the facilities, uh, the weight of the boat, and uh, that's the maximum sure. size what they can do. I also think that uh, with 50 meters, then uh, the fiberglass construction is uh, is something what is um, still good uh, good for, but 
above that it gets too expensive to to build so then uh, then you have right. to go to a different material like steel for example because it is at that moment uh, for the for the one off or for a one construction uh, 60 meter or something like that uh, it is uh, it's cheaper to have a steel yeah. or an aluminum superstructure yeah. Yeah. Well, that leads us on nicely to um how do you see the industry changing or the boats that are being built now in in taiwan the designs changing now, the last few years there was uh there was of course already quite some changes within Horizon and other shipyards now following as well. For us or for Horizon, the main market is between, let's say, 20 meters and 30 meters. That is that's actually the main market. There was not a lot of changes of models and, 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 and boat types in the last, uh, let's say, 10 years. Two years ago, we came up uh, with this idea to make th- this new new models and to make fast displacement hulls. Uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of hulls before, faster boats, uh, semi-planing or planing hulls. Quite quite difficult actually to make uh, to make custom-built boats heavy because of all the requirements that owners wanted to have in the boats. Yeah. Uh, two cranes, uh, hydraulic baiting platforms, a tender and a second tender, and uh, a jet ski on the boat. And so the boats were quite heavy as well. And uh, to get them fast uh, means large engines, large horsepower range, uh, big fuel capacities. So heavier, heavier, heavier. Not a very economical way of uh, of boating. Most of the boaters, they do not want to go fast. They don't want to go 25 knots or, or 22 knots or something like this with a, with a larger boat. Uh, many of them were only cruising with 12, 13 yeah. or 10. But people were asking for the possibility to cruise around with 12, 13 knots. Normally we cruise around with 10. But if it gets bad weather and we want to go ahead of a storm, uh, we would like to go and be able to do 16, 17 knots. Yeah. So try to find a way with a with a different type of hull and um, to 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 be able to do this so we came up with this idea of this fast displacement hulls as well uh, what was already done with much larger yachts in uh, in the mega yacht industry we were able to uh, to get our first uh, fast displacement hull in 85 foot um, and with enormous uh, success speed good uh, fuel consumption good so an economical 85 footer uh, able to do 17 knots, maximum speed, uh, beautiful cruising 13, 14 if somebody wants, but as well uh, almost behaving like a full displacement boat at 8 knots or 10 knots. Yeah. So that was a big a big change uh, of, 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 um, of model and a big change of, of, of what is on the market. So we were able to put that on, and at the moment, what is what is on the construction? Uh, almost eighty percent of the boats on the construction are this FD uh, series and this uh, the fast displacement hulls. They all have this little bulbous bow yeah. on them. Yeah, we call it the Pinocchio nose because it is not bulbous. It is it is quite uh, okay. Yes, it, it's it's almost like a it's wave. Quite pointy, isn't it? Yeah. Wave piercing hull. It, it, it looks a bit. That's right. Yeah. It's the kind of thing you'd see on a catamaran. Yeah, um, yeah. on the side yeah. of a motor catamaran or something. And it makes uh, and makes I'm, really really a difference in. Uh, in the um, the hydrodynamics of the of the hull, it performs very well. It's smooth, sure. soft. Uh, you can see it in the pictures and the videos if uh, how it how it how it really does the job yeah, and how yeah. it nicely slides the waves. And definitely, I wanted to have a boat which was um, under twenty four meters, because twenty four meters is is a length, which is for uh, most of the users. Uh, able to do it is not necessary to get in the classification society uh, you are able to do it with a CE mark so there is a 
more market um, for the 24 meter board. So the uh, the first uh, that that was one of the requirements to make it 24 meters a wide hole to get space. Um, very important. Um, the master cabin to be uh, on the main deck, and as well yeah. having the master cabin then uh, full beam, which which is absolutely not uh, not normal and not common in uh, in 85 no. foot or 24 no, meters. No. Uh, only on larger boats, 50 meters upwards, it was uh, or, or 40 meters upwards, where you have a full uh, full beam uh, master cabin or a forward section of the hull, and uh, that was. Uh, yeah, something what was not on the market, not yet. The, um, the coincidence was that the designer who is involved in it uh, caught it over, Dutch designer. So uh, I, I was actually talking with him and uh, we were discussing ideas and plans and designs. And uh, I said to Cord, this is my ideas, what, uh, what would would like to have. And that was based on the fast displacement hill and... Uh, he said, oh, Ron, this is also something that I have already in mind. And I said to Cord, I said, Cord, if you come up with the idea and with the uh, with a nice design and with some uh, some plans and some sketches, then uh, let's see how, if we can uh, if we can work it out and uh, present it to uh, to Horizon. Because I'm sure that they will, uh, if they see the, if they see this, then uh, then they want to uh, they want to build it. Yeah. So this is how it then started with the FD series, and um, after the uh, the first lines and sketches and and, and uh, promotion pieces of paper, the uh, the shipyard was uh, uh, was happy to uh, to start construction and to uh, to make this sure. new move eh, into this new line. That was uh, yeah two years ago. Now, uh, now followed just. Uh, on this 85 uh, footers, um, there's also an 87 foot uh, build with the skyline, so actually a, a, a tri-deck version, uh, all based on the same hull. Hull number 10 is under construction now, so that's, that goes very well. Uh, in the meantime, there is a smaller version on the construction, which will be, which is a 77 foot. The, the first uh, the first boat is finished and will uh, be presented in February or March uh, in America. There is an FD-70 on the construction now, which is, will be the smallest one, uh, 21 meters. But there is also larger ones on the construction, uh, like a 102. So uh, the first 102 will be uh, will be finalized in 2020 in January. That will be the introduction of the of the FD-102. It seems very fast to go from a concept to having all those boats in construction and being built. Is it? Is it? Is that normal? I mean, what what is the timeline from? It is it is actually very it. fast, Cameron. You're right, uh, but it is it is also the spirit of the of the company. It is the um, the, the possibilities of Horizon Company. There is uh, um, a lot of employers. It is a large company, a lot of experience. The management, uh, the um, the boss of the company, John, is uh, is is speedy as well. He wants to go fast, and if something is uh, is started. If the button is pushed and the thing is underway, then it needs to be also fast and everything right. needs to be fast. It needs to be fast on the market. We wanted to be the first as well. So we're actually a bit market leading in this uh, in this type of boat now. The um, the construction time of an 85-footer now, uh, nowadays is uh, seven months, six, seven months. It is possible to, to, nice. to, get, to get a boat uh, finalized and then specified f- f- according requirements of an owner so that's very fast that's it's very fast seems amazing yeah, yeah. yeah. but this is it's possible because of the organization is very uh yeah trained on this very very well organized and uh, otherwise of course you're not able to do this 
you notice that, that this uh, every boat yeah. is every boat is a separate unit. Every boat is sure. built uh, uh, yeah. with a different layout, with different cabin layout, with different engines. Um, yeah. Even the uh, the settings of the shafts uh, will be a bit different because of the uh, cabin configuration is different. That is. Uh, Clients from Australia, clients from America, they have other wishes than the clients in Europe. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's very, very interesting. But with the with the knowledge and the experience of the shipyard, it's possible to do. But of course, you need to have as well then the, the drive and the possibility, uh, also the financial possibility to do this. Sure. Now, Horizon is strong in that. So there is um, there will be projects started on speculation and uh, they will invest the money uh, even if there is no buyer. And if the shipyard and we believe in a certain model, then it gets constructed. How many people are in the yard out there? I was going to ask. This, uh, nowadays, uh, there are a thousand people uh, working in the company. It is a big organization because yeah. it, is the, the, it is the Horizon Group. What I said to you before, you were talking about this premier shipyard, which is a uh, part of the of the Horizon Group. They, uh, yeah. That shipyard is on the waterfront, beautiful premises on the waterfront. But they are also having their own fiberglass composite uh, manufacturing factory. Right. They are not only making the boats there or the, 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 the fiberglass construction for the boats. They are also making parts for trains, uh, the metro, the underground, and some huh. military projects as well. Okay. Using fiberglass, but also using Kevlar's and carbon fibers and uh, hmm. other media, so different uh, different composite materials. Yeah. Yeah? Um, it's also quite nice because the experience is what they have in that kind of sector like for example for the military industry um, that kind of experience we can also use uh, in the boat building yeah? making boats lighter making boats stronger sure. using uh, using carbon fibers in certain areas using aramida in certain areas um, so it is not only typical fiberglass motor yachts there is also different uh, composite materials uh, right. used in the boats so this company is called ATEC. so if the uh, if these constructions, these the fiberglass constructions or the composite constructions are finalized, then they get divided to uh, two shipyards. And depending a little bit on the size, there is two shipyards, Horizons or the main shipyard, uh, where it all started. And there is the Vision shipyard. The Vision shipyard is focused uh, on the motor yards up to 23, 24 meters. And Horizon takes it over from there, 23, 24 meters, and then upwards. Right. Uh, so that's the, uh, that's the two real building yards. As soon as a construction is finished, they get tank tested in the shipyards, and then they get moved over to the to the waterfront to Premier Shipyard to get really sea trailed and sea tested and ocean tested. And so every every hole which leaves the, the factory is tested on the ocean, is tested outside of uh, Taiwan, outside of Kaohsiung. The normal conditions are pretty heavy, heavy seas. There's always a lot of wind uh, in between typhoons and <laughs> very interesting uh, for testing. Yeah. Um, so the boats are really proven and tested before uh, before they get shipped to the owners in yeah. Europe or Australia or uh, or America. But there is also clients, also interesting, especially in uh, from the, the Asian side, they get the boats delivered themselves there and they take over delivery and hand over in, uh, oh, yeah. in, okay. in Taiwan, in, uh-huh. in Kaohsiung. And there's just uh, an 85-footer uh, did a 5,000 nautical miles after mm. being uh, delivered in Taiwan. That's a good way. And, uh, to, uh, to Australia. So right. beautiful, uh, beautiful trip and a nice, nice voyage. I think the man will, uh, will put some videos and uh, he will make a little film or report on it because it okay. was really, really interesting what, uh, what I did. 
through Southeast Asia, uh, the oceans and all the little yeah, islands nice. there and uh, up to Australia. Yeah, it was uh, very, very interesting. And happy wow. uh, happy to do that uh, in both with the... Uh, with, with that kind of construction quality, yeah. <laughs> you need to be <laughs> ever the salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to be brave. You need to be have, have, no, of course true. the right uh, the right product for it. So, do you get to go out on the water these days? Yeah, unfortunately, it is not so much anymore as it was uh, many many years ago. If the possibilities are there, I love to be on a boat and to go out and. Uh, do you have, your own, have you had your own boat? Do sea trails? No, we don't. Uh, no, we did not have our own boat here. Uh, all these years in Mallorca, not. Uh, hey, we had to work. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we of course always had the possibility somewhere to go out a day or a weekend. Or um, yeah. this is this is how it was in the past. There was always a boat somewhere available that we used a part exchange or something. What sure. uh, what was uh, yeah, was actually in the company. And uh, we used that to have our boating fun as well. Yeah. And in uh, yeah, many many years ago, it, it was actually the nicest the, the nicest things what we had in life eh? to 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 jump on a boat uh, and go out with a twenty meter motor yacht and uh, make uh, make two weeks holiday and cruise around the Balearics. My favorite yeah, spot nice. was in those years was Menorca. I loved I loved Menorca. I loved anchoring in the in the bays and uh, being really being days and days out of the marina and. Uh, yeah independent uh, water full water maker on diesel yeah. full have every all your uh, all your fridges full and, yeah. uh, and, and be uh, be a couple of days uh, nicely on anchor out in the bay gorgeous yeah. i loved it and it was also for us in those in those years that was uh, really relaxation so Although you were talking every day about boats, doing every day, you still go on holiday, uh, and, you, still go on holiday and uh, you, you love to go to play with a jet ski or with a tender, and and have yeah. of course also the, the experiences underway that something uh, needs to be maintained and, and needs to be done, and yeah. uh, you need to uh, put your hook out and special mooring maneuvers and uh, bad weather conditions, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's that's nice. So it is also the experience, which I believe also helps, of course, in that moment uh, to to try to convince uh, clients what to do and where to where to go to and, and yeah, how sure. to use a boat. Yeah. yeah. Because that that was I think uh, and maybe still is a pity that uh, the boats are little use uh, or not yeah. or not used what what is possible yeah. to do with them. Yeah? If you have a nice 20 meter 24 meter boat you can cruise actually uh, yeah, almost almost, almost almost world, yeah, worldwide if you want yeah, 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 but sure. but at least the Mediterranean area and there's so many beautiful areas. But uh, most of them are sitting in a port and in a marina and uh, uh, being there for years and years and years and never see another coastline. Certainly, the the invent of the Dock Express has opened up, um, you know, another season, hasn't it, for yeah. for people if they want the fact they can stick it on a ship and fly yeah. out to the Caribbean. Yeah. For Especially the on this on this larger on the larger motors nowadays, which is also a yeah something what we also got involved with uh, with the larger boats that that. Yeah, you have more. You can you, you can make more out of the boat yeah. having uh, having a season in the in the Caribbean and having a season in the in the Met. So yeah. you have uh, almost twelve months continuation of nice weather. Uh, what you would like to have on the boat, of course, yes. right? <laughs> because nobody is is, is happy sure. to be on the boat and it, and it is uh, it's cold and rainy and snowy outside. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> Should we just wrap this up, just talking about where we are today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually quite nice to sit here in the pilot house on this boat. It is. <laughs> I love this well, boat, actually. We're just missing gin and tonic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is too early. <laughs> we do that later on. 
No, this is a this is a beautiful uh, uh, 110 foot, uh, 33 meter motor yacht. What we uh, just had on the display in the boat shows in uh, Monaco and uh, in Cannes boat show. I was uh, I spent quite some hours on board, navigating her and maneuvering her and uh, uh, being uh, being on the boat uh, during these boat shows. And you start to uh, yeah, she's a little bit part of your life now. Eh? Mm-hmm. If the boat sits then. Um, you like her, you 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 pamper her, you maintain her, and uh, that's that. That's quite nice. She's now in Porto Portals, uh, looking uh, for a buyer. That definitely will come. Yeah, this uh, she's she's decent size. Yeah, the, uh, something what was uh, 15, 20 years ago maybe not uh, not thinkable that we were sitting on a thirty-three meter boat or that yeah. we cruising around on a thirty-three meter boat and because she is uh, pretty impressive and uh, she's a real uh, real proper she's little ship already. Yeah. Two hundred twenty gross That's tonnage. Right, yeah. So she's she's a real call already super yacht. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you need five five or six crew on board, yeah. that that. Um, Yes, that definitely classifies as super yachts. Um, this size of boat is, yeah, really serious, serious ships already. Yes, um, it's interesting. Although I must honestly tell you, I prefer uh, I prefer to have the uh, the sizes what is uh, manageable by uh, with by more people, eh? mm-hmm. two people, three people crew, or maybe only one. Uh, yeah. And uh, but this is so, this is something, of course, very personal. I like to be uh, I like to be free on the boat myself and. Uh, probably also because the experience and you know yeah, what is possible maybe. and you can do it well we'll end it there thank you very much it's been great chatting and going over everything so appreciate it thank you very much Cameron nice uh, nice uh, have a look in my life yeah <laughs> a bit of history okay thanks a lot thank you Ciao. thanks for listening to the Your Skipper podcast from yourskipper.co.uk For show notes or to contact Cameron directly, please visit yourskipper.co.uk.